Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Matty C, mate, I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. How are you, mate? This is uh, episode 22. Mitch Duncan, here we go. This is big. It is big, Mitch Duncan. Uh, wasn't out there on the weekend, but wasn't needed to be. And uh, Tristan Cartledge, if you're looking for an ex-Essendon number 22 as a ruckman, I had to put Tristan in. <laughs> One of the all-time greats, big Chris, big Trist, big t Big Trist. Big Trist. Um, yeah, no, uh, big 22. I'm, uh, I'm bloody excited. We're, uh, we're, we're also, uh, it's exciting because we're debuting a bit of new, 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 uh, what do you call it? Technology. New, uh, we run have, system mate. We've, we've jumped over to a, uh, high tech fucking little operation here. I'm a bit nervous, but I think I like what I see early. So look, hopefully this all works well. And if it does, next week we can give them a pump up because we're not going to go early on the pump up because this all could just come crashing down. But, uh, Look at the moment. I like what I'm saying. I do too. And if you get if you're talking about uh, going well and requiring a pump up, we're going to thank our sponsors, Palmerbet, the great folk at Palmerbet, for jumping on board with us. Always remember when listening, please do responsibly. And when punting and when putting lots of money on, do it responsibly, Mako Shark. We've uh, we've Always. had a few responsible bets of late. So thanks to the team there, Mako Shark. What's what's been happening? Big big weekend. Big week. Give me give me give me a little summary. Well, we had a nice little weekend, didn't we, Matty? We, uh, look, we'll touch on it just quickly. It's footy season for everyone at home. We won't talk about footy too much on here, but it is a passion of ours. So me and Matty and a few of the boys, we got along to the footy on Saturday, round one at the G. Great day for myself. Uh, the Cats had a nice little win. Not a great day for you, Matthew. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Hawkins got a hold of you early. And, uh, Not a great day, no. no. Not a great day for me or the catering folk at uh, the MCG. So let me just... Give them a bit of a clip. It's a new new catering company, and it took me nearly an hour to get a beer. That was fucked, mate. The entire first quarter, you were off in the bloody beer line. Probably good for they you got multi- to witness. They got multi-pourers, Mako, and the girl didn't know how to use the multi-pourer, the poor love. And then it took, you know, for me to wait again for another lady to come over and go, you know, they do five at once. And, oh, uh, so she was poor. The poor girl, the poor doll. She was mm. doing one at a time when she had the capacity for five. So, you know. Spell me clearly. Spell me clearly. You're not trained. Not trained appropriately. That's not understaffed. Underdrained. Um, hot. Essendon getting spifflicated, and I couldn't even get a beverage. So it was a. Yeah. It was a. It was an ordinary start to the day, but it got a lot better, Mako. Did, didn't tell it? them. Did. Tell the listeners about stage two of the day. Stage two of a nice little hot Saturday. Uh, look, shout out to the uh, Australia's greatest punting agency, our man Palmer Bear. They came to the table here this week and. Really looked after you boys, as did the men down at Team Ellis Boxing. They had a big night on at uh, Melbourne Pavilion on Saturday night, a nice little boxing card. Uh, and, yeah, we got along. We got given the old little table, a few little perks, a few little uh, tricks of the trade, Matty. We're podcasters now. Perkies, a few perks popping in. And, um, yeah, absolutely, uh, we were honoured to accept, accept some tickets and go along. And then the, the absolute uh, amazing staff at Team Alice. As we said last week, they're a different breed, these guys there. Very professional, very uh, just well-oiled machine. And what a night we had. All our guests loved it. We loved it. Um, mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. how much we loved the, the semi-comane with the, the belt little mix-up there. But, you know, it was uh, outside of that. It was a little bit of mix-up there. Mako Shark, uh, and that's actually me. Uh, I was sitting on the table. But Matty C., <laughs> You got the uh, the little esteemed position there, the semi-main event uh, to present the belt to the winner. But, ooh, boy. Ooh, as uh, the great Gino Gambino on commentary might have said, little bit of confusion. Of a course, bit there of was a little bit of confusion, Mako Shaq. The, there uh, was. Um... The ring announcer just fucking butchered that for you and everyone in the venue. 
Let's be honest, our man Jolly, uh, Jolly Taylor, the man from the Diamond Valley, he was the champ and he he retained, but the announcer went with the and new. So obviously yeah. the other blokes put his arms in the air, gone to celebrate. You've been told put the belt on the winner. So what the fuck else are you going to do, mate? So you've gone to strap it around the wrong bloke, un- unbeknownst to you. Unbeknownst. I thought I um. I'd seen too much Dana White stuff. So, you know, he generally puts it on as they're still getting announced. So I thought that's I yeah, thought that was yeah. the lay of the land, right? So but I <laughs> my, my 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 adaption of not strapping and just moving on to the next guy I thought was was well saved. I've been told I I handled it like a pro from multiple people. I felt like a big piece of shit. Um I'm not exactly a small man. And when you've got this big man trying to and it's a mate, I told I don't think I told you in the night. You know how heavy that fucking thing is? Oh mate, they're, they're big, for big six belts. how heavy that belt was. So I've had 45 beers, by the way. I'm trying to strap a big Velcro belt on the wrong bloke, and then he's waved me off. He was a bit butchy. His team were butchy. And then I put it on the right guy. I gave him a little tummy tap, trying to make like I knew what I was doing the whole time mm. and just sort of then you could almost um, see the life just suck out of me. But anyway, I was very happy to be asked to do it. I, I hope one day I'll get uh, redemption because I feel like I'm uh, – I feel like, yeah, I feel like that, that, that announcer bottled it and bottled me and yep. made me tried to make me look like a mug. Yeah, uh, he did. Anyway. It was unfortunate for, you, for <laughs> your good self there. It was uh, it provided a few laughs for the boys in the crowd. It wasn't oh, what we wanted. It wasn't your fault. On the video, we've got redemption. The ring announcer should be apologising next week on the pod, I reckon, because he cooked it pretty badly. But uh, other than was, that... Gene, Gene, Gene was very happy too, just quickly, because I gave him a bit of content, you know. Mate, you know, he, he's pretty he's pretty good, Gene, on the commentary. But, you know, that I've, yeah. I've hand-delivered a package for him, and that really sort of uh, added to his night too. So, look, I'm... We're not only Australia's greatest podcast, but we try and help people where we can. So that's just what I'm going to go with, Maker. I like it, mate. And on the night, we had a friend mm. of the pod. We'll get into it quickly just before we move into the guest. But Jack Bowen, mm. the boa constrictor, as we've, uh, we've, we've, we've claimed him as. And he had his uh, fifth win consecutive now, 5-0, and oh, 5 KOs. He got the job done. Didn't really uh, have to sweat too much. He is he's on a, on a warpath, I reckon, our man. Yeah, showed... Uh... Maturity above his uh, years too, and I've been reading a few reports. And you know, a fight like that can often be a little bit dangerous because you've seen other people dispose of a man, and you can still get caught in a boxing um, two two way fight. You know, you can get so he did the way he showed some patience and set it up. As we said, like on our you know when we we met him afterwards, and he didn't have a scratch on him. So he obviously it was a mature fight. He's got a good team around him. He's got Ulti in his corner. They're they're just. Uh, I tell you what, if you could buy stock in that group, you would, wouldn't you? Because mm-hmm. he's uh, he's, would, he's definitely going to have bigger things. And it was just a great great night to see him fight after having him on. And he had a lot of support there, Mako Shark. Outside of just us, there was there was bloody multiple tables getting around him. He had a big contingent. Yeah, he was a fan favourite on the night. A lot of family got down, and I think he's obviously uh, originated from Victoria as well. So he had a lot of support. He it's did. great to see. What a man! Yeah, as you said, it was a it was a mature effort. He had the. Uh, the upper hand most of the night, but just waited, waited, took his time, and then, uh, yeah, he closed it in when he got the chance, and it was good night, Irene. It was good night, Irene. Good to see our friend of the pod, Rex Hunt, there as well. Mako Shark, I will say, it's a good good week this week to have on a guest from this side of the fence. So we've had fighters, and we've, you know, we've had both male and female competitors. We've had, Uf, you know, UFC guys. We've had Bellator. We've had boxing. We've had, you know, we, we've had X-Bot. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're starting to tick all the – you know what we haven't had, right? Haven't had a promoter, mm. and we're just coming mm-hmm. from. If anyone didn't know anything about Team Alice and went to that event, you'd be just shocked at how professional it was. So, what a time to actually just have a promoter on, and not you know, not yep. not uh, not uh, 
from that team, but just a promoter in general, because I think it's a great time to chat about that. And there's so much going on in Australian boxing in the world at the minute. We found it was uh, was the right time. Do you want to tell the listeners who we're talking about? Absolutely, mate. Well, the big fella, Dean Lonigan, is going to join us uh, imminently. It's great to have him on this week. As you said, uh, Australian boxing going from strength to strength at the moment, and there's not many bigger out there promoting than Dean Lonigan himself. He's worked with a multitude of big, big stars. He's currently uh, working alongside our man, Isaac Hardman, too. So there's a big fight. Obviously, mm. everyone knows coming up in April 20, him versus Zarafa. Um, yes. So we'll talk about that, no doubt. But, yeah, it's great to have uh, Dean Lonigan coming up because he, no doubt, will have many a story to tell the boys. I'm excited. We, we, we met him the other day at the press conference and, yeah, seemed like a really good fella and I'm really looking forward to the chat ahead. There's like, well, like we've said, there's a lot to talk about and he's a man that hasn't just done it in this country. He's represented fighters and put promotions on all around the world. So it is. I did want to ask him about this ex-rugby rugby background of the, this, this combat sport. Everywhere, even the mm. fighters are all from rugby. Now the promoters, it's just a bizarre... It's a bizarre mm-hmm. sort of link. It just continues to pop up. So it'd be good to ask him about that am- amongst other things. So, look, I'm yep. sure the listeners have had enough about uh, listening to us for the first part, Nick. So uh, maybe you can just lead us in to Dean. We will, mate. We've got plenty. I'm talking plenty coming up afterwards. So stick with us. But here we go. Dean Lonigan. Let's go. Alrighty, who the fuck listeners, we're here again this week with another great guest. We've got Dean Lonigan with us, mate. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm very well. The uh, All your listeners will probably say, Dean Lonigan, who? Who is that bloke? What does he do? Explain. We've, no, give, no. we've given you a pretty big pump up, mate. We've recorded either side of the interview. So we've, don't worry, we've given you a good lead in. And after the interview, they're going to know plenty, I, I hope and suggest, mate. So we're looking forward awesome. to having a chat with you and appreciate you jumping on. So long as you don't go into a three-hour Joe Rogan podcast, we're all good. <laughs> no, we won't we've do tested that to the you, mate. Waters on a, we, we, we've refined it, mate. We've refined it now. We're all good. So, you, yeah. Mate, just want to, uh, off the top, ask you about the most, uh, I guess, pressing thing that you're involved in, and that's the uh, Zarafa Hardman fight, April 20. Um, just give us your thoughts around the fight, um, around... I guess, it being not on Fox Sports and your opinions on that and what, what the fans can expect on a, a great fight for Australian boxing. Look, that's one of one of three fights I've got in the very near future. I've got a fight on April 13 uh, featuring a whole lot of guys who can really fight, you know, whether it be Dana Corwell, who's fighting Enders Lucas for an IBF World Youth title, through to uh, Andre Mikhailovich. We've got in against King Davidson, which will be a great fight. We've also got Jerome Pembalone coming in against Lucas Miller. So we've got a whole card. We've got Jason Waitley on the card, who's currently up here sparring Jai Opatire at the moment in preparation for his world title fight. So that's April 13. April 20 is uh, our next card, which is a week later. Uh, Sam LeBruno is doing that promotion and doing a great job with uh, with that event down in uh, in Melbourne. And I, I fully expect though, that that's an IBF eliminator, which means that the fight has to go over... Uh, sorry about the phone in the background. No, the fight right, has mate. to go over 12 rounds. Uh, the winner is going to the number two spot. And what makes that fight so exciting is that it's been well publicised that Gennady Golovkin uh, wants to vacate his current IBF middleweight title, move up to super middleweight to fight the last of his trilogy fights against Canelo Alvarez. And uh, if he does that, he has to vacate the title. So what that means is the winner of this fight between Hardman and Zarafa will be going to the number two spot to fight the number one 
uh, place at the moment, a Brazilian called Esquivo Falco, who is currently with Bob Arum at top rank. And that will be for the vacant IBF world middleweight title. So this fight uh, on uh, at the Melbourne Convention Centre on April 20 between Zarafa and Hardman is an absolute monster fight for opportunity. And uh, the winner of that fight will be fight for a vacant world title. The way I see it going, you know, Isaac Hardman's 100% with me, and I've been with Isaac now for three or four years, and I fully expect Isaac to knock Zarafa out, you know, and I think it's going to be an exciting fight. It's one of those fights that sold very, very well because there's genuine dislike between the two. I don't know if you saw it, but um, uh, we went down for the press conference probably a, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we were down and, there, actually. Uh, we were we were sitting downstairs because uh, the press conference was at a venue where it was upstairs. We were sitting downstairs, uh, downstairs and Michael Zarafa came in looking, and I've got to say, he looked very sharp and dapper in his, in his top-to-toe uh, white suit. You know, very few people can pull that look, look off without looking like a, a very corrupt car salesman, but Zarafa managed to do it. He looked pretty damn good. And uh, he suits his name Pretty Boy, to be fair. Uh, He's a good-looking fella. He came in and he was shaking hands with everyone because, Michael, I've worked with him before, and he's a very affable type of a guy. I, I quite like the guy, and I've found him to be real good to deal with. He knows how to promote a fight, and, and off camera, he's just a good guy. But him and Hardman do not get on together. They're both social media animals, and they love it. And I think Isaac's got the best of them on social media. Yeah. So Michael comes in, and he, he shook my hand. He shook a couple of other people's hands, and he went to shake Isaac's hand, and Isaac gave him a big a belt, I think, right in the throat. So Michael jumped in to throw a glass of water over him. So I jumped between him and Michael, and the glass of water went to the pavement and uh, or on the floor, and it got smashed. So the animosity between these two is real. And, uh, you know, they both said things on social media that I'm sure neither one of them regret, but it's really got under the skin of the other guys. And uh, I expect absolute fireworks. And so does the Melbourne sporting public and boxing public because this fight is sold very, very well. And if you want to see a high, high quality, world class fight, this is a great one to get in and see. And unfortunately, it's not on Fox. It's not on main event. And the reason it's not on main event, which is fairly well publicised, is that uh, Michael Zarafa decided to pull out of a fight with Tim Zhu. Uh, that was mm-hmm. in Newcastle. I think it was around October, November last year. Yep. As a result, no limits had to bring in a an opponent at short notice. It cost everybody money. Look, I've got to be honest, there's always two sides to a story. I don't think Michael's side's been, been told very well. Fox Sport obviously got to hear one side of the story. And uh, as a result, Michael, uh, under their own words, has to be punished. And he's not going to be allowed back on the platform. And, uh, mate, I understand the decision. And it is what it, so it stands with me. I've, I've got no no bones about it. To be bluntly honest, it costs everyone a lot of money, including Isaac mm. and myself and Sam LaBruna. But you know what? It is what it is. So you just accept it. You move on. And get it done because Fox Sport in particular have been an amazing partner for my company, DNL Events, and they've been an amazing um, vehicle for boxing. You know, you go back a number of years ago, um, probably just before I signed Jeff Horn, we signed Jeff Horn, Fox Sport come on board for the ride. The goal then was to fight Pacquiao or Mayweather. Uh, we managed to get Manny Pacquiao down. On the back of that uh, performance by Jeff, we signed another uh, deal with Fox. Uh, and, and as a result, look at the way the sport's you know, mushroomed. Uh, they also had an agreement going with No Limits. No Limits picked up Timmy Zoo, and that proved to be a, a stroke of genius for them because Zoo's really kicked on. And uh, so right now, you know, uh, Fox Sport, have, they've reinvigorated the sport of boxing, and you've got to take your hat off to them with what they're doing. And by extension, they're pushing hardcore into News, News Corp because they're owned by News Corp. So you'll yep. see that News Corp mastheads get behind these guys, and News Corp digital platforms get behind them, and most importantly, the News Corp socials get behind all the boxers. 
So, mate, they've been incredible partners and they're doing wonderful things for boxing and, mate, long continue. Well, you said that there. It's uh, obviously with what's happened there with Golovkin and the uh, title eliminator circumstances around this fight. It's such a it's such a shame that it's not going to be seen by a lot of people probably on the night. But uh, huge opportunity for the winner. Obviously, if your man Hardman gets the win, gets that title shot, it's going to be huge, huge business, isn't it, going forward? Well, you know, it's not that often you get to do a world title fight in Australia. And uh, we, I had to negotiate hard with with an enormous amount of people to get the Jaya Pattaya. Uh, mandatory against Maris Breedis uh, to to the Gold Coast. Jai's going to be fighting no more than probably two, three hundred metres from where he lives, and that's a really rare opportunity for any fighter, especially one, um, especially one who is a challenger, and in this case, a mandatory challenger. So I've got to take my hat off to Wasserman and Maris Breedis for accepting the fight. You know, they negotiated hard and they got a good payday, but it wasn't over the top. Again, Fox Sport and, and, and main event, but particularly Fox Sport, have come to the party big time to make this happen. So I, I can't thank them enough. And, uh, you know, if Hardman can get over Zarafa, and we think he will, mate, I'll be putting the same effort to get the fight into Brisbane that, that, that we've done for Jaya Batara. And if we could fight you know, Esquivo Falco for a vacant world title in Brisbane and give Isaac every single opportunity to win that world title, well, fantastic. And I'm sure the same will apply, you know, with Labruna and or Sam Labruna and Michael Zarafa. But obviously we think we've made this fight for the simple fact we think Isaac Hardman can win. So, uh, we, you know, we expect him to do that and we expect him to do it and shorter than the distance, it's going to be a 12-round fight. And uh, we expect him, you know, to go on from there. And if he can get past Michael's Rafa, he will get past Esquivo Falco. Because I'm telling you what, this boy is very driven, training very hard, just like Jaya Pattaya right now. Awesome stuff. We've, uh, we're, we're Melbourne guys, mate, but we're actually, we're on Team Head Splitter ourselves. So we're hoping that what your uh, your prediction's right and he gets that win and gets that uh, home, home ground advantage with a world title. Do you, just quickly, if, if something... Shocking happens and Zarafa beats him. Do you think Fox Sports pick up the world title fight if Zarafa's involved, think, or do you think they stick the to No, nah, look, the answer is I think they would, uh, because yeah. at the end of the day, it's business, you know. And I think they're they've I've got to be honest, as a company, they're very fair people, and they've done they've done yeah. great things for the sport of boxing. And I'm sure they'd recognise the value that Zarafa could bring to the table. So I'd be pretty confident that uh, if Michael Zarafa were to win, which we don't think is going to happen, that Fox right. would, would would put him on their platform. And uh, would push them as normal because, mate, you know, people don't deserve to be punished for life. And like I said, no. um, Fox Sports are a very fair company, and mate, I'm I'm pretty sure they would. Do you think this would, would be if uh, if if um, Hardman got the win? Do you think this would be a stadium um, size show like uh, like the Pacquiao Horn, or do you think it'd be more in no. the, you know one of those? No. no. No, you've got to be realistic. You know, like uh, Isaac is only just starting to come into the realms of pay per view. And to yep. do stadium shows, you know, like we've only, I've only done, I've done I think three stadium shows, I think, in Australia. One was uh, obviously Pacquiao with 51,000. The other one was Anthony Mundine. We had about 21, 22,000. And then we did Tim Zoo versus Jeff Horn up in uh, Townsville. And I think we had 14, 15,000 turn up. Stadium shows are incredibly expensive and they are um, incredibly hard to put on because there's so much technical shit goes into it in, in the production. So no, we'd we'd find a solid, you know, four or five thousand seat venue, probably the BCEC, and uh, we we'd do it there. You know, I think um, I know uh, George Cambosis, uh, he's done amazing things to pull off that triple. You know, where he won those three belts plus the Ring Magazine belt. I think they're going to go to uh, Marvel Stadium in front of sixty thousand people down in Melbourne, and I know there's a massive Greek community there. I know. Uh, the Melbournians are probably the world's greatest sports goers, but I think they're going to struggle to fill 60,000 people. 
And uh, yeah. I think it's a little bit ambitious. And, and to be fair, you've got to work your way up to that. And the only reason we got 50000 for Jeff Horn versus Manny Pacquiao didn't have a lot to do with Jeff Horn, other than the fact he was an Australian. It was the great man himself. Pacquiao, and I, yeah. I, I'm guessing the prior record to that for an Australian crowd, I think, was around 35000 for Mundine versus Danny Green. My guess is those extra 16,000 people were Filipinos, local Filipinos coming from all around Australia to go because it was such a uh, – it was like downtown Manila at, um, at at Manny Pacquiao's hotel when he was staying there. And i got to tell you this about Pacquiao. He brought $800,000 worth of tickets for all of his mates. Can you wow, believe it? Yeah. It was his own show. <laughs> no freebies there, just actually paid out oh, and no, helped everyone out. Yeah. Every, every fighter gets an allocation, and Manny got a significant yep. allocation, but then this is something he did for all of his fights. You know, like, wow. I'm probably letting a few secrets go that I shouldn't, but <laughs> as, as Manny got off the plane, I had to I had to hand him, and it was all obviously budgeted, and tax was paid on it and stuff like that, but I had to hand him a quarter of a million dollars Australian for Manny money to give to all of his mates. I've never oh, seen yeah. anything like it, and he is without doubt wow. the most gen- generous man I've seen in my life. It sounds like that's it. That's a, incredible. That's outrageous. We've heard of entourages with people, but $250,000 worth of money funds is outrageous. Mate, you have I've never seen anything like it in my life, and I don't think I'll ever see anything like it again, you know. And Manny, without doubt, the most generous man alive. And I'm told he, you know, for his Mayweather fight, he got paid in the vicinity of $100 million, and he built a few villages and gave quite a bit away. So, you know, he's uh, he's quite an incredible guy. He's on another no, level. Not. We're actually going to ask you about that. Obviously, you've uh, had a long career. You've done a lot of stuff, put on a lot of fights, uh, dealt with a lot of fighters and everyone. But would that Pacquiao Horn fight probably be the most proud moment of your career, like in promoting wise um, and boxers you've worked with? Look, I'll be honest. It was definitely one of them. You know, just because the sheer scale of it and to do it in a country other than where I come from in New Zealand, and made us in Australia is a very very hard country to do business in. You know, especially if you're an outsider. But, you know, we had some other big successes as well. Like I um, put together the, the NRL Auckland Nines and we had the first alliteration of that. We had 90,000 people come through the gate over two days in the first year. The second year we had 80,000 people. It was a massive celebration of rugby league in Auckland, which I knew our game, our code, and that's where I come from, rugby league was starving for that. We did a whole lot of things to ingratiate the local, um, the local, the local rugby league community. And then probably the longer project or the equal, equally long project to Jeff Horn was, you know, we, we sat down Joseph Parker right at the start of his career and says, look, we're going to get you to the world title. We think you're good enough to win it. And this is when he was an amateur. You're good enough to win it. And by the way, the goal is, you know, to fight Anthony Joshua and to do it three times. Now, in the time that I was with the company, I ran uh, his career all the way up to the Andy Ruiz fight. And we we managed to win that fight in Auckland in front of about 10,000 people at Victor, Victorina, I think it was. I think it was. And then um, we went on to fight Anthony Joshua. And with the Joshua fight, we had 75,000 people in the arena. It was obviously run by Matchroom. And, uh, mate, that was a pretty cool moment as well because you, 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 you set a goal in place and it was to be one heavyweight champ, two to fight Joshua three times. I didn't handle that negotiation, um, but it was a very, very, very good payday for our company and a great, great payday for Joseph Parker. So, uh, you know, that was another high point. It's not every day you end up with a welterweight champion of the world we had the heavyweight champion of the world in the WBO for some time, you know, and it takes a, it takes quite a while to to, to, to um, do a repeat of that. But you know, we're a big chance right now of having Jaya Pattaya win the cruiserweight championship of the world. He is up against one of the best in the world, Amaris Breeder, so that's going to be a tough fight. But we're doing everything we can to help him win, and uh, you know, particularly in preparation and sparring. Of course, Isaac Hardman, 
uh, you know, could go all the way as well, and it could happen this year. So in a very short space of time, you know, the uh, the Australian boxing scene is going through an absolute renaissance. You've got George Cambosis has done what he's done. Obviously, Tim Zhu's doing a great job doing what he's doing. So uh, you've got the Maloney brothers out there. So, mate, you've got a lot of great Australian fighters. And, of course, the big one who's really going to make a mark, and it's just we've had a bit of a setback with him after the Paul Gallon fight, of course, is Justice Hooney, probably the most mm. accomplished amateur to ever come out of Australia. Mate, he's in the heavyweight yep. division. That is the glamour division, full stop. And if Justice can achieve what we think Justice can, he will blow up to be the biggest star this country's ever seen. I saw that journey with Joseph Parker in New Zealand. You know, at one stage, he was more famous than New Zealand Prime Minister. He was the most Googled person in the entire country for a number of years on Google searches. So, you know, I think Australians embrace their heroes and their sportsmen a lot harder than what the Kiwis do. And I do know for a fact that if we uh, if we ever get to the heavyweight championship of the world and somebody like, you know, an Ursic or a Joshua or a Tyson Fury is still there in 18 months' time, mate, you will see the biggest crowd you've ever seen for boxing in Australia full stop and you'll see a, a further run through the country like you've never seen before because that heavyweight title still has a mystique about it that you can't buy anywhere else. You can't, In fact, you that? can't buy it. You've got to win it. That's right. I was going to ask you about that. You mentioned Joseph Parker and working with him and he's sort of um, now... Um, I guess Tyson Fury's best mate or little bestie, and they've said they won't fight each other. So with Fury holding a couple of those belts, is it's more of a difficult path for him to get a championship. But I, I was hoping you might touch on a guy um, that's a heavyweight and undefeated in Dempsey McKean, and if there was ever an opportunity to bring out one of these guys, because he continues to win. And at what point does he get to the to the stage where he tests himself against like the likes of a Joseph Parker or a Ruiz? And could that be seen here in Australia? Don't worry don't worry about Joseph Parker Ruiz. Test himself against a much better boxer in Justice Hooney, who's a current Australian heavyweight champ and could probably bring as much or more money to the table in this country um, yep. as what those guys could or more for the simple fact he's a local Australian, you know. And uh, in the very not-too-distant future, you'll find that uh, Justice Hooney will overtake Dempsey McKean in the ratings once we get up and going again because, mate, he's, yep. he's prepared to fight a high-caliber boxer. And if you have a look at the guys that Dempsey's been fighting lately, they haven't been exactly highly ranked. And, mate, oh, I understand why they're doing that. They're protecting his record. And I guess Angelo's desperately trying to get him in for a Joshua fight or a Joseph. I, you know, I just don't think a Joseph Parker fight in this country would be that big. It's as simple as yeah. that. Unless unless uh, Joe was the heavyweight champ of the world. Now, that would be a different yeah. story. That would be a, that would be a very, very big fight. Um, you know, Andrew Ruiz versus him in Australia wouldn't be that big because, mate, not that, not that many people know it. The boxing community know him. But if you want to go big in this country, you've got to go much bit broader than just the boxing community. You've got to get into the sporting community. And to get them involved, away from their rugby league and away from their AFL, uh, you have to really enthuse them. So um, I, I see, you know, and maybe, to be fair, maybe Angelo can pull a, Angelo DiCarlo can pull a rabbit out of his hat and get a massive fight for Dempsey over there. And good luck to him if they can, because, mate, this is a hard business. But, yes. uh, you know, rather than setting his sights into, into the ether, you should be seriously looking at what we've got to offer down here because, mate, we would bring some serious money to the table, but he'll never fight Justice because, mate, he is as good as it gets. Yeah, well, I uh, definitely wanted to touch on Justice when he's there. Like, he's got so much star potential with him. So, like, what are his plans? What's his uh, immediate future like? Well, he fights uh, on the Jaya Bataya undercard as yep. a co-main feature against a guy called Kiki Latelli. Uh, Kiki's yep. a, you know, he's a seven... I think he's had 10 fights for seven wins, two draws, and one loss. The loss was to Dempsey McKean. Dempsey couldn't stop him. I'm told by all who watched that, uh, you know, Kiki won the fight, but sometimes at home support, that's the way it goes. So uh, Kiki Latelli's first up, then Joseph Goodall. And that's a, that's a really a good test for our where we're at at the moment. 
because if you're going to uh, if you're going to end up you know being a world champion or you're going to end up being a highly rated fighter, you got to clean out your backyard. So we'd love to uh, you know Joseph Goodall's on the cards. We've got a signed contract. We were due to fight him, I think, early February, but you know COVID stopped that with justice. So uh, and the financials wouldn't quite allow it to happen on the May 11 undercard. So that's a standalone fight on pay per view, probably around June. And then after that, we'll be looking for another fight for justice. There's another heavyweight out there we'd love to fight, and, and, and he's a really good bloke, and that is Willis Meehan. Mate, he can really fight. Willis just probably needs to shed a couple of kilos, and, mate, he's another potential world-class heavyweight. And the thing about Willis is he's a southpaw, so that makes him that little bit more awkward. And, mate, he's got very, very fast hands for a big man, but probably carrying a couple of kilos more than what he should. And if he got in shape, he'd be, uh, he'd be quite lethal. And you're talking, yeah, with Justice Hooney. And I um, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dean, so when he fought um, Gallon, you were a little bit concerned for Paul's well-being and safety. And we've seen Paul, Paul's obviously a prize fighter and doesn't have, I guess, world talent with skill, but he's, the, he's, he's one tough man. And the way Justice just ripped him apart and just, I guess, did what other guys couldn't, including Lucas Brown, who, to be fair, I think had won a world title in Chechnya or something along the line. So... I mean, he probably didn't prepare well enough, but Gallon showed that he can knock down a big man. So Justice Hooney doing what he did to a guy that's obviously tough as nails must have put it, put the fear through some of these local guys. It's just very disappointing that he, he got the injury in that fight and then obviously he's had COVID. So he hasn't really been able to sort of capitalise on what he did. He actually, he actually got the interest the injury before that fight. And uh, right. it's a thing called it's a thing called boxer's knuckle. And apparently there's caps on the top of your knuckle. It's quite a common injury. And maybe his hands at some stage weren't wrapped as good as they could have been. But uh, I think he did it either, A, in a sparring session with some bloke we pulled over, or B, in the Christian Zoy fight. But, you know, Justice went into that fight injured. He didn't tell anyone about it. And he still managed to, to stop Paul. And uh, he went close to stopping him in the first or second round. But every mm. time he was punching, he was punching with pain. So, um, mm. and uh, his brother Lepetti's done the same injury, would you believe, just uh, after yeah. his last fight night. So it's a common injury. I think um, there's a number of, of boxers have had it. So uh, it is what it is. And yeah, it took it. Look, if Justice could have gone to the Olympics and won a gold on the back of that performance, he would have been one of the highest profile athletes in this country. Mm. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we've had a few issues getting him up and running again just due to COVID and injuries. But he's now 100%. And he can't wait to get back in the ring. And uh, Kiki Latelli, I think, is a perfect start. Joe Goodall after that's a, a, another good test. And then uh, we'll be, you know, after the Kiki Latelli fight, I'll be looking for a fight again after that, you know. So there's a lot of organisation goes into this and getting guys, you know, they're getting the right guys at the right time. Exciting. Well, obviously, uh, he fought Paul Gallen there. In this country, Australia, they love the uh, the celebrity sort of matchups. And obviously tonight, actually, we've got uh, Barry Hall fighting Sonny Bill Williams. Any chance like a Justice Hooney would want to fight one of them sort of uh, in the yeah. future? And it just to sort of raise his answers. profile a bit. Look, uh, for me personally, and this is just me as a promoter talking, I'd take either one of those guys in a heartbeat. One, I know Justice mm -hmm. wins, and two, I know there's a good payday in it for him, and three, there's a, a, a yep. massive payday in it for those guys because we re recognise and understand that, one, Justice is the best talent in the country, and he's going to beat them, and two, we also recognise and understand that if they bring the money to the table, they deserve to be paid. You know, Paul Gallon got paid a career-high payday when he fought with us, and we understood that, that had to happen for him to get in the ring. And if he had a one, the upside would have been enormous for him, but he lost, but he still got paid an enormous amount of money, probably the equivalent of three NRL seasons at his top end of his career. You know, and he did that in one fight. And a lot of people say, gee, that's a lot of money for one fight. But, mate, Paul, money, Paul Geller made that money not because of one fight. He made it because of a career of playing rugby league and a career of being an expert in the media. And I made the comment at the time that we could not get more publicity 
uh, we, we'd have to fight Tyson Fury or bloody Anthony Joshua to get the same amount of publicity that Gal brings to the table. He is a publicity yeah. machine. He's been wonderful for the sport of boxing. And, uh, mate, he's always humble. He's, a, he's an incredible guy to deal with. Um, you know, he's one of the best guys I've ever dealt with. He's one of the hardest working guys I've ever dealt with. He's mean at... He's mean as a bloody, I don't know how to describe it, but you will not, he's meaner than Scrooge McDuck when it comes to cutting the deal. But, mate, good luck to him for doing that because, you know, it's, it's a hard business and you only get to do these deals once or twice and they come along and you've got to grab it. And he did a great deal and he got paid well and he did the, the job was served for both sides. Justice got an okay payday. Um, and most importantly, he got put on the national map. You know, he went to an NRL game the other day and people are pointing him out going, geez, that's our Justice Hooner, you beat Paul Gallon. So people do remember. And that fight was great for both sides. But Paul Gallon, under no, even though Gallon could make more money fighting Justice again in one fight because he's an amazing promoter and people would know what to look out for and people would ask, could Justice do this you know, again or could he do it better than what he did the first time around? I reckon he would make 30, 40, 50% more than what he just made. He wants nothing to do with it because mate, he said to me, mate, I can't win. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's one thing trying to set your family up, but there's also you've got to have your health once you've set the family up. So it's good well, that he at the, least, after you know, he's aware of I, that. I, I couldn't agree more. One of the conversations I have with all my boxers when they're coming on board with us is I want two things for you. I want you to walk out of the sport wealthy, but you've got to go out healthy. And uh, there's no point having all the money in the world if you're dribbling from the side of your mouth and you're not, cogn you know, you're not cognizant of what's going on around you. And this can be a dangerous sport. So uh, that's very, very important. Absolutely. Well said, mate. Um, as we introed you, you, you sort of said people might be asking a little bit about who is this guy, you know, what have you got him on for? Would you be able to just take us back? Because obviously we know a little bit about you and what you've done with your boxing side, but you've come from rugby, as have a lot of people in, in the MMA world and boxing world, which we always find amazing. Every time we speak to someone, be it a UFC guy that's up and coming or a boxer, they've always had a link with rugby. Even Jeff Finnick the other week, you know, he was started out in rugby and got into boxing. And you obviously were in rugby. And when you finished, I'd just love to know how soon after your playing career and, and stuff like that, did you think about doing what you're doing now and how hard was it getting in? Um, were people yeah, helpful? Were people hard? Or It wasn't, it wasn't that hard, you know, because I come from New Zealand and the, it's, it's a lot easier over there than what it is here. You know, here's a far gotcha. bigger, more competitive market. You know, I think the business people in Australia are far more aggressive and they will do what it takes to get ahead. Whereas in New Zealand, everybody seems to have their own little piece of the you know, magic and they can do what they want without too much interruption. But uh, I come out of rugby league and I, I absolutely fluked the job in the media. So I did 15, 16 years on breakfast radio between two different stations. Uh, and while I was doing that, I had a phone call come out of the blue uh, for, from, a, from a coach of a team that I played for, the Mighty Canberra Raiders. And Timmy yep. Sheen says, look, I want to come over and do a preseason game in Auckland. I was about 26 at the time. So we brought the Raiders over. We sold the stadium out. We made about 200 grand out of it. I did a JV with the radio station I was working with. And sort of made that couple. It was a hundred. I made a hundred grand at the time, and I thought, shit, this is better than playing footy because I don't make this kind of money, and I really enjoyed it. So uh, it just sort of started from there. There was no grand plan to it, and then um, you know I did a few more rugby league games back home in New Zealand. The opportunity to work with Kevin Barry and David Tua came up. I did a couple of fights with Kevin, but the um, at that stage boxing was not huge on my agenda. So uh, we just stuck to the rugby league, and then at a later date. Uh, ended up, I did a thing called Fight for Life, which is a charity event back in New Zealand. We were end up raising millions and millions of dollars for um, for all sorts of different charities, and we did all sorts of entertainment things on the way through, and it became pretty a pretty big event. And then, um, you know, we slowly ended up getting into real boxing, and and as a result, uh, we you know, 
to date, overseeing the careers of Joseph Parker and Jeff Horn. Both of them went on to be world champions and make millions of dollars. Now overseeing the careers of Isaac Hardman, uh, Justice Hooney, um, uh, and of course, Jai Opatire. And, uh, you know, those boys are well on their way to achieving their hopes, goals, dreams and ambitions. All I can do really is lay the platform. It's up for them to take the advantage of it. And so that's what we try and do. And we, I take a long-term view on all the people we work with. Uh, working closely with Sam LeBruna, a lot down in Melbourne. You know, he's obviously got ties into the Melbourne community, boxing community and Michael Zarafa. So, you know, got quite a strong relationship with Sam. And then uh, looking to sign three or four more fighters right now uh, as a second generation of, you know, Australian fighters that we can take through. And look, I'm really proud of what we've done. You know, you've got uh, Justice Hooney was the, the Australian champion on debut. It's never been done before in the history of Australian boxing. You know, first time in 100 years where a guy comes out of the amateurs into a 10-round fight and wins to win the title. Then you turn around, you know, he's ranked 34, 35 on box rec at the moment. And is not, if not his next fight, the fight after that, I expect to get him ranked. The second year in the top 15 in one of those four organisations, you can fight for a world title, but he's away off that yet. We've got Jaya Bataille's fight for a world title, and Isaac Hardman, if he wins his next fight, is on his way to a world title. So, you know, it's all about laying the platform for these guys and working out, you know, how you get to where you got to get to. And the one thing that's held us back a little bit, of course, was COVID. And uh, I would like to have a few more high-profile fights for Jaya and a few more high-profile fights for Isaac. However, when the opportunity comes, you grab it with both hands and you just... Mate, if they're good enough to get there, they're they're good enough to win it, you know? And so we'll do everything we can to help these guys out win, you know, it comes down to the best preparation we can possibly give them. Absolutely. And when you're finding and identifying talent that you want to work with, mate, do you have people inside your business that you send out, you know, because obviously you can't be everywhere at once, or like how are you identifying that when you said that next generation coming through, what sort of, uh, I guess, um, process do you go through in signing a fighter? I have have one person who advises me um, on who's good and who's not, and that's Stuart Duncan. And mate, gotcha. Stewie has been an amazing ally for you know for me and my company and my, me and my son now do our stuff over here. Stuart's been incredible, and uh, he's the guy that I take all the advice off. And if I sometimes get excited about a fighter, I don't do anything until Stewie tells me what I should do because he's that damn good, you know. So uh, he's the one who guided the careers of Joe Parker and Jeff Horn. He's guided the careers of the guys I've got now in terms of matchmaking. And matchmaking is such a it's a, it's a very subtle art. You know, you can go and read records and think, oh, these two go good together and they don't. There's the old adage of styles make fights. Stewie knows what looks good. He knows what's not good. And uh, if he sells me not to sign anyone, I don't. That's awesome. Good to have someone that you can trust so much. You mentioned your son there, so I had on my notes. I wanted to ask you about um, how long has your son been working with you and what's the dynamic, you know, because obviously you're, you're blood and you get along, but what happens when you sort of don't see eye to eye and, you know, does, does it make life t- tough or is it good to have someone... Maybe- Obviously, like it's, your son working with you. He's he's grown up around the fight game. He understands yeah. the fight game and rugby league better than anyone I've ever met. And, you know, Liam now is 26 years of age, and he's at the point where I can have serious discussions with him about, okay, what what do we do here? What do you think about this? And from a uh, – he's incredibly intelligent. And from a, a task point of view, anything you want him to do, he can do in a heartbeat. He does it very fast. But from a strategic point of view, he's got an interesting insight. And uh, I'm becoming more and more reliant on his opinions and his thoughts and processes. And when I have issues and problems, as we do every day in the sport, mate, he's the guy that I turn to, you know, to talk things through with. And uh, it's a pretty cool dynamic, to be honest, when you get father and son working together. Do we have arguments? The answer is no, we don't. Of course, we have, you know, testy moments, as you do with everything. 
but on the whole, it, it's pretty damn good. And you know, we're best mates, so that helps. That's awesome. I think when I we met you at the at, at the um, the press conference between uh, Zarafa and Harbour, was that him with you down yeah. there? And if it was, yeah. he's a pretty big boy. And did he look at playing rugby? Because I, I reckon look, if he gets up and going, he'd be taking a few blokes out. Mate, he was he was playing rugby league for a while, and he and he really yeah. enjoyed it. He made the junior warriors. But, you know, COVID came along and he sort of lost a bit of motivation. And I'll tell you what he's into now, big time. He loves stand-up comedy. So Liam's <laughs> done over 150, 200 gigs of stand-up. He's making his oh, way wow. there. There is nice. no, in my opinion, there's no uh, harder forum to uh, get out to express your opinion. Absolutely. Because, mate, you live or yeah. die. And I've, I've learned a huge amount through his um, through his growth and discovery and, and looking through all the comedians that he follows and all the backstories and some great documentaries and i can think of no harder industry to be in to be bluntly honest because you think yeah. you know when people don't laugh they you, you sort of take it personally when you get yep. told no as a salesman it's like they're turning down the product not you but when you when your product is you're actually your own jakes it, it must be so hard so we work very closely we work together every single day and uh mate, i enjoy it immensely and, and there's no better thing to be doing we call ourselves dnl events well it stands for dean and liam yeah nice. i thought that was it Mate, I, I could I could only imagine imagine being up on stage thinking you've got a you know pretty solid twenty minutes for people and you get up and your first three go over with with crickets. I mean, I don't know how it shows how courageous some of those people can actually in a different way how much courage you have to actually stand and cop it. Continue. It takes on. great fortitude. Not only that, to get up and do yeah. it again the next night, the next night, the next night. You know, and the and the reactions are all different. So uh, yeah, it's fair to say very courageous. And I can tell you this: you would have noticed because at best. You would describe my melon as rough. If you have a look at him, he's sort of like New Zealand's version of sort of Chris Hemsworth. He's a fine-looking specimen, and uh, I remember him from the day. Yeah, he is a good-looking kid. He had a lot better. He, he had a lot better feathers than I did. Anyway, I know that he, he gets I, his I, looks from his mum, Thank Christ, he got his height from his dad. <laughs> Yeah. Well, nothing but respect for that. I was going to say it'd be uh, terrifying to get into a boxing ring, but I reckon maybe the only thing more terrifying would be up on stage stand-up comedy because, yeah, I'd be shitting myself big time. Well, I can tell you this. I had four or five fights myself and, you know, in rugby league a few more than that, but I can promise you this. There is no way in the world I'd get up as a stand-up comedian and try and do what they do. You know, nah. I did a few speaking engagements and what have you, and that's that compared to stand-up comedy, man, that's easy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, mate, you're pretty good on the lip, mate. We are, we appreciate you coming on. We've probably held you up long enough because I know you're a very, very busy man. You've had about nine phone calls just in the time this has been on. So <laughs> we'll let you get going, mate. We thank you heaps for coming on. And, yeah, so much to look forward to for you and DNL events. There's a big year coming up. And April 20, mate, I hope you're down there because we'll be there. Might have to catch up for a beer somewhere down there, I reckon. Would like to do that. I've got to get a big shout-out to one of my sponsors who I believe is one of your sponsors, and that's my good mates at Palmerbit. Absolutely. You know, they've, uh, they come on board for the, the Gallon Hooney fight, and uh, I speak to the, the marketing manager, Lee, quite a bit. He's such a yep. good bloke, and they're doing so much for boxing right now. You know, they've gone and sponsored Absolutely, everything. Yeah. They and, have. Uh, they've been absolute wonderful things for uh, for boxing, and no doubt wonderful things for you, because I'm guessing they're throwing you guys a few bucks as well, which has got to be a good thing. Just a couple, it's, mate. Just a couple. Yeah, We've Lee, got the Lee's right who time. we deal with, too. So Lee's a good fella. Um, and like you said, man. they've been... Very supportive for the, the, the sport in, in general. And, mate, we have appreciated having you on today. It's been fantastic. And we've got a whole lot more we'd love to ask. So throughout the, throughout you know our journey on this, we'd love to have you back on. Whenever you've got anything you'd like to jump on and spruik, mate, you're always welcome here. We really appreciate your time. Mate, no worries. I look forward to it immensely, gentlemen. Have a good one. Good on you, mate. Thanks. Cheers, mate. See you guys. Thanks again.
Boy oh boy, wowee, I do say it every week and people are probably sick of it. And my Brian Taylor, boy oh boy, wowees. But that was a fantastic chat. What were your thoughts on that, Mako Shark? A little bit of a little bit of a um interesting chat for the listeners, wasn't it? Good chat. Great chat. There's just a lot of men out there, such as Dean Lonigan, that have just done so much. They've seen so much, they've been involved in so much. It's just great to pick their brain, I reckon. And Look, he's done a lot in the boxing world, and he's going to do a lot more to come. So, look, to get on the pod, he's, he's a man. He's a friend of ours, and we're on him, I reckon. That's a nice little chat there with uh, the great man. We're absolutely on him, and we're building a, a stable of friends of the pod, and we're uh, we're looking forward to touching base with these as we keep going on in this journey of this podcast. You know, making connections and networks with these type of people it allows us to get better guests for the listeners as well in the future, Mako Shark. So that's absolutely. something that I'm excited for too, you know. I'm excited to maybe rub shoulders with these men. Uh, on April 20, obviously, we talked about the uh, Zarafa Hardman. It's coming up, baby. It's sponsored by Palmerbet. It's promoted by our man, Dean Lonigan. We're going to be there. The whole thing's just coming together like bloody clockwork. So I'm excited. Yeah. We're, uh, the bo- your boys are hoping to uh, to snag a couple of VIP so we can sort of rub shoulders and in, in, in future proof this podcast with some big guests and maybe do another little T-shirt giveaway. VIP stands for uh, very important podcasters, I've heard. So we'll be in there, mate. We will be in there, and we we are definitely very important podcasters. I'll tell you what else is important, Mako Shark. It's the next Mm -hmm. segment that always goes off the Richter scale, as I've talked about. It's the one thing that people will hang around for after the guest. I I don't know how much more they they listen to. I, I haven't been able to dial into the numbers exactly, but I would say... The whole thing probably falls away after the Mako Shark Tank because it is the absolute pinnacle in entertainment history. It is the best segment that's ever been created by any human being or podcasters or television or entertainment or music or anything. It's absolutely unbelievable. We keep getting more requests, more things, more suggestions. We tell them, don't suggest. Let Mako Shark do his work and let him do it good. And I'll tell you what he's going to do good. It is the Mako Shark Tank. These intros, mate. Christ almighty. Here we go. Mako Shark Tank. Episode 22, mate. And we are back for another one. This week, I am putting in small talk. Crap small talk, Matty Crooks. I have had enough of this shit. Right? What? Small talk in in general? Just in general. Small talk. Wow. I'll tell you what's been happening, mate. All right? So I'm at work, mate. I'm at work. We've got a new bloke. He started just recently, a couple of weeks in. We've got a new bloke. He's been chucked on the uh, the morning shift with your great mate here, Mako Shark, and another friend of the podcast, Irish. Yeah, you at home, man, uh, our mate Irish. He, uh, as his name would suggest, he's Irish. So uh, what do you call a bloke from Ireland? You call him Irish, don't you? So anyway, he's a one of the great fellas, you know what I mean? He, uh, he, he always uh, corrects me on my Irish accent. I always fuck up. I end up yeah. going, who the fuck? But then I slide into Scotland, Matty. Oh, yeah, weird, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yes. shit, i got to get back to oh, He goes, you got to work on that fucking accent, mate. You go, yeah. He's teams, maybe we should teams, just get mate. him to do – maybe just record him for future. Yeah. Get him doing the who the fuck, and we'll just – we'll palm him in for the intro. You've just got to say potatoes, and then you can get back into the Irish accent straight away. But uh, I digress. You, know, you, know, you just said maybe. you hate small talk. We're just doing it now. So maybe we just fucking <laughs> get on we with got it. This- we got this new bloke, mate. He started, and we're training him up, right? We're training him up so he can then go off on his own on the afternoon oh, shift yeah. and, and be all right. But yeah. look, he's a little bit riggers. he's a little bit crap, right? We're trying to be nice, but we're trying to be, he's a bit crap, right? So he's trying to learn all this stuff, but then like in between things, you just 
because he's new, I think he wants to make an impression, but he 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 just can't let us just me and Maddie, we've got our own style. I like to stand there, listen to a podcast. Iris listening to a podcast, but this bloke just doesn't stop with the small talk. Every time there's a little break in something, he thinks he has to come up with something to talk about. And he mm. is fucking butchering it, mate. I'm telling you what, he has told me so much shit that I don't need to hear in the last two weeks. It's making me spew. Yes, I reckon since last week, he's asked me six times when my baby's due, Matthew. All right? So wow. he looks at yeah. I look at him. I go, oh, God, he's going to ask again. So when's the baby due? I'm like, mate, it was eight weeks ago last week. It's Why been don't four you just days. Re- retain so, the what you guy? Retain it. It was eight weeks. It was eight weeks last week. That was four days ago. So it's probably seven and a half weeks now, mate. So I've got to go, yeah, about eight weeks, mate. And he goes, oh, yeah, okay. And then every single time, what does he follow with? It's going to change your life. Fucking really, mate? Is it? Do you think I don't know that, mate? Do you reckon I just thought things are going to continue on as they were, but now you've rocked up and told me, hey, mate, it's going to change your life. And I've gone, oh, shit, newsflash. Didn't know. Thanks for telling me, mate, you fucking idiot. All right. Today, he goes, did you go to the footy on the weekend? I wanted to say, mate, I told you on Friday I'm going to the footy. Of course I did. But no, I went, yeah, yeah, I did, mate. It was good. Cats had a nice win. Uh, Is it expensive there? (sighs) Fuck me, mate. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 it is, mate. It's kind of been expensive for the last 20 years, yeah. Did you catch yeah. a train in? <laughs> oh, Yeah, nah. yeah, yeah. No, nah, I did. I caught the train in. What was it like on there? Mate, oh. it was fucking train like. I'm not even lying, too. This is 100% what he happened. He didn't say, say what was it like on there. He goes, what was it like on there? And I go, I didn't know what to say. In my head, I'm like, fuck it. It's a fucking train. What do you think, mate? All right? I go, oh, yeah. This <laughs> what I say. I go, yeah, it's all right. How long did that take you? It was all right. Oh, mate, I go, oh, about 40 minutes. Mate, I don't even give a fuck how long it took me. Why the hell do you care how long it took me? Enough of the small talk, mate. Let's, let's everyone just move on. It's pissing me off. And I'll tell you what, it's pissing Irish off. Irish, he likes to listen to a podcast. He has his headphone in, right? You think if you see a man with headphones in, don't disrupt him unless there's an actual reason for the disruption. Every mm. time he walks up to him, he says, you can't, you can't hear him, right? So he says, Irish goes, what, hey, what was that? Today's oh. is what he said to him. Irish was standing there, right, eating his lunch. He had a water bottle near him. He had the podcast in. This prick walks up, goes, he goes, what was that, mate? Is that water in that? <laughs> he did not. No, he, he did. did. I'm not lying. Not. And then Irish goes to himself. He's thinking, I'm going to fucking stab this man. But he goes, yeah, 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 it's water. And that's it. The conversation's fucking over. Like, what are you doing, mate? All right? I'm shook. I'm, 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 I'm lost for words. This about 20 minutes later, Irish is standing there listening to his podcast. This prick walks up, sees him, eye contact, says something. Irish can't hear it. Has to, has to pause his podcast. What was that? This bloke says, it's all happening, isn't it? It's no. He did not say it's all happening, isn't it? He actually Irish did. should have said, well, it's about to fucking all happen when I split oh, your cleaning. I went Scottish it. then too. I don't know why I went Scottish. Oh, he, fuck, he would it's be very so easy, isn't it, buddy? Mate, he had to pause his podcast just to hear a prick say, it's all happening, isn't it? And then you go, yeah, yeah, it sure is. And then he put, still on my head in, Matty. So small talk and fuck off in the workplace. Just stop it. You don't need to say things constantly. Just let people live their fucking life. Because if I I go in tomorrow, right, and he asks me how long till my baby's coming, I'm going to headbutt him. I'm going to slap him. Nate Diaz, Stockton slap across the cranium, drop this bum. Why is he information? Yeah, it's what I mean. He's a bit crap at the job too. We're getting a bit sus on him, so it's all uh, it's all coming together. Irish actually does a bit of work. He does Muay Thai. He does fucking jiu-jitsu. He does wrestling. Sh- he was 
He was actually boy. down at MMA class. Uh, Jakey Matthews last week was teaching the class. So I'm telling you, mate, if he keeps pushing Irish, if he keeps making him pause the podcast, I could see some violence in the workplace coming up this week, mate. It's getting uh, it's getting pretty bad. One of my favourite moments was when Irish dropped a big goober in front of his wife and then sprayed the wife <laughs> in, at football, broke his jaw. Uh, just look, a shout-out to that. Look. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. I personally loved it. I reached out to him and said, don't worry about it. You weren't to know. I think he loved he wasn't. that. But I was – I was. He wasn't to know. He didn't know that if a big man started booing you and was trying to throw you around that you weren't allowed to retaliate. And the big goober was just doing typical big goober stuff at local footy where they expect not to get hit because it's the vaffer and it's a gentleman. No, you know what? And his stupid short-haired wife, remember her, that thing? Oh, mate, she fucking lost it. For the listeners at home, yeah, local footy. She was, oh, she was, she was really revving it up the situation and trying to get her big goober twos bloke to sort of go around belting blokes. Oh. Tried to belt Irish. Irish just hit him with a clean and dropped him. Clean, mate. He went in the jumper punch. Irish has just come over. He was just started footy. He wasn't quite sure of the social norms. He's come from the sort of mean streets of Dublin where these things don't go down. You know, he's yeah, like, oh, good man, Dustin. Your wife don't need me DMs. But um, look, he didn't know. The bloke was trying to jumper punch him, push him he around. He's about six know. foot five, this bloke. And then all of a sudden, Irish goes, well, if this happens at home, I'm in a fight. So yep. fight or flight reflexes came in. Bang. Straight right to the jaw, drop the prick. I think he got eight weeks in the end. But uh, look, as he said in the uh, in the jury at the tribunal, he goes, "Listen, I didn't know. I thought we were in a fight." So good luck, good on him. <laughs> no, fair play, fair play. It's a fair call, I reckon. I actually thought I was in for a day of um, after our big night ahead. We had some some of Tasha's family around. I really like um, her cousins and stuff, and they came around. Uh, one of Tasha's cousins is uh, is uh, is pregnant. Not not far mm-hmm. behind you, I don't think. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. She's got the new bloke that I, we hadn't met because it's all pre-COVID, right? Yep. And I just I was expecting, you know, small talk. I was just thinking I'm in big trouble here because I know all the others, but I have to, you know, befriend the the bloke. You, have, you just to have, have to do it, right? Yeah, and I was thinking to. this is going this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. And you know, I'm a bit tired. Well, I, was, I pulled up very sharply, to be fair. But I just thought, you know, yep. it's just going to be a long day. It's hot anyway. Turns out, mm-hmm. wasn't small talk at all. He, I, he, I, he was just pumping up the pod. Oh wow! Yeah, he's a, a big listener. Of. Friend like of. So um, Tasha's cousin said to him weeks ago, you know, ahead of this catch up, you'll actually you'll really like. Tasha's husband, he's into all the UFC and the boxing, and this guy craves it. And she said he's actually mm-hmm. got a podcast. So she's passed the mm-hmm. pod. Oh, yeah, nice. And now, now him and all his mates have group chats about our podcast leading into UFC events. Ah, pod passer. Pod passer, and he's a he's a he's a ripping young man, and he's gonna be a father, but he's a friend of the pod. So I thought I, like I, I thought I was in for a day of hell, but I actually uh I walked a, walked a few inches taller yesterday, even though I'm a big man as it is, but I was just wrapped. I just thought, how goes this? We got we're entertaining, buddy. Friend, friends of the pod, and buddy. We're you know, we're just we're going to the moon if it's getting out there, Nidri. I know? love that, mate. That's that's uh, what they call organic growth. That is, that's organic growth, and I love it. it. Is organic grassroots, growth, so. yeah. grassroots stuff. So shout out to Jake. You're you're a good young man, and uh, I appreciate. It. If any time you want to come over and pump my ties up, you, you you're mm-hmm. more than welcome, young man. Yep. And he had a beer no, with me. Go. That's a good start. So I was Ratnik. but small no, talk like and get in the bin. The bike at your work can get in the bin. Um, oh, anyone at cafe, just, cafe, you're not a big cafe guy, are you? You're not a cafe guy. Look, I'll hit him happens if I have a lot. to, but uh, happens I don't, a lot I don't cafes, cafe coffee. I'm not, a, I'm not a coffee guy, so no. Happens a lot at cafes. I, I run into a lot of people at oh, you know, Weir yeah. Street in Montmorency, and they don't want to talk to me. I don't want to talk to them because it's a one-minute thing, but you feel it like you have to, and it's the world's the worst. worst conversation. 
you know. Yep. Oh, how's preseason hey. going? Yeah, yeah, good, oh, yeah. good. Hey, you been? Yeah, you pick up been a few. Up pick up a few. Pick up a few guys. Yeah, we got a couple of recruits like every other year. <laughs> we lose some, we get some. Oh yeah, who's training well? Hey. Oh, just the, the oh, best yeah. players always. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. How's your baby? Okay. Yeah, yeah, good. Oh, you just had a baby. How's all that going? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh well, yeah, it's well, fun. Yeah. yeah, all that shit. Okay, see you oh, later. Yeah. And like, wouldn't you just it should oh, be yeah, a gentleman's okay, agreement? Yeah. Gentleman's just agreement. Mute. Larry David had it best, mate. The stop and chat, we just don't need it, mate. We don't need the no. stop and chat with someone we barely see because if you don't know these things, it means you don't really care. So fucking push on. So moving forward, if you listen to this podcast and you see me and you want to pump my tires up about the podcast, more than welcome. But if you want to ask me yeah. how preseason at the Turtles is going, maybe jog on. Look, a stop and chat, no good, but a pod and chat, love it. Come at me. Pod and <laughs> We're all for pod and chats. That, that's the yeah. movement going forward. The other yeah, movement yeah. going forward is Palmerbet, and they are Australia's greatest hunting uh, or betting agency. Please mm-hmm. uh, always do so responsibly, Mako Shark. And when listening to the Mako Shark Tank, because that's a, that's a level of its own, please, please, please do so responsibly and at your own risk moving yep. forward. Anything else in that or that, that you, you, you're happy? No, nah, look, I'll just sound like a fuckwit if I keep going on about it. But, uh, yeah, small nah. talk in the bin. See you later. All right. So, look, massive uh, – gee whiz, it gets you excited. When I've, I, I think I dropped it two weeks ago that the English well, – the, the European um, sports sport supporter, especially in the fight world, is the best mm-hmm. fan on the planet. What was on the weekend and was I backed up with my initial big statement? Did you say European or did you say English? English, I think, but I was just trying to be more world worldly. Because I, 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 just before we get into it, I reckon the uh, the English are great, but I reckon the Irish haven't covered, to be honest. But well, anyway, that was in England. Wasn't that in England on the weekend? Yeah, it was in England. Everyone's pumping up the English crowd as the best in the world, but they're not. Irish are better than them. I'm just going to say it out there now. They're a step above. They're a bit more maniacal about their. No, I think the Irish are the best uh, traveling sports crowd. But I think if you, I think we're talking like you go to Wembley and watch a big fight. Ireland aren't beating that. They, they, they don't have anything big people. enough. To... They got more people. The, the like, English I... are freakish, mate. They're freakish. The, the, the Irish travel well. Travel from they you know when I went to travel, the UFC. Mate. Little life flex when I went and saw McGregor fight at Madison Square Garden. The actual venue was filled with Irish. So hard to get a ticket. Yeah, they're actually out of control. But you go back to Connor's fucking Dublin event. That place was going off its fucking cockhole. Was. But uh, anyway, we're digressing. We had a a huge, a huge UFC fight night on the weekend from London. Paddy to Bardi and a whole host of other uh, English sort of fellas and girls were on the card. And gee whiz, was it a fucking event or what, Matty? It delivered. That could be one of the best fucking fight nights ever. Well... It, it delivered. I, I haven't actually been able to watch it in uh, in its entirety. It was. It's not in my sweet spot that time slot. Seven to ten. That's when I'm really. That's that's dad. That's dad life. That is when I'm father of two. Bloody wheelhouse. I'm getting smoothies. I'm doing bloody jam and honey toast for Leo. Cunning it up in all these little triangles because he loves triangle mm. toast and mm-hmm. you know. And then it's Spider Man. Spider Man. You'll you'll be there. Don't worry. And I'm trying to watch it on my phone. But then you know. You got, you, then the baby needs to be held. And no, you know, no, Tash would no, like no, to be no, able no. to shower for once. You know, it's just. Seven not to ten is not, not dad not dad safe, and you'll see that. So I generally like the twelve to you know two because Leo sleeps, gets up, chills, has his lunch, and me and him watch the fights. It's quite nice. But um, what I did say, uh, what sort of triangles are we talking? Are we talking isosceles? Yeah, it's the toast. You've cut the toast into isosceles or right angle triangles. I just like to know. Uh, isosceles. 
Yeah, no, no, well done. Good, good by you. Yeah, Push on. Sour, sour dough, sour dough -lees. No, I'm, don't know what I'm trying to do there. <laughs> uh, anyway, push on. So, yeah, so I didn't see all of it, but I saw the main, and I saw I saw my man, Craigie. Um, I was going to say, your man, Scott the, Craig, Scottish Paul Craig. We love it. Scottish Paul uh, Craig. And I also saw uh, Molly McCann. Was it McCann? Yep. Meatballs. McCann. Yeah. Meatballs McCann. I saw her put another female. Ooh. I thought she killed her. Man, um, he was, she was dead, I think. Yeah, you I were think. actually helping me because I was doing things. I was getting your text and I could rewind. Yeah. And, you know, I was seeing. So you were actually very, you were a friend of the friend of the, the Maddie C on Sunday, giving me some little little cliff notes or pointers on when to watch. So that was good. Now it was a fantastic event. They're going to go back there again. Dana White nearly had an aneurysm. He was, buddy, you could tell he was he was pitching a 10. He was that firm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, money pit, 18,000. Not money pit, I mean money maker. 18,000 or maker. something. At the, you know, oh, everyone too, going yeah. berserk. I reckon they would have smashed uh, all sorts of liquor records, pubs around, hospitality, post-COVID. They oh. can eat a dick. And life's back, I reckon. Oh, baby. It's back, baby. And they had nine... KOs or like finishes, nine finishes, nine knockouts or submissions. He gave performances of the night bonuses to all of them. So it was just a ripping night to be a fighter. Tell you, it, it was, was a ripping night to be a fighter. It was a ripping night to be a fight fan. It was a ripping night to be a podcast. It was a ripping, absolute ripping time to be a listener of this pod because we didn't do a big boy multi, but we did a little three-legger. If you will remember, mm. we had uh, we had Clergy, we had Baddy, and we had... Aspinal. Yeah, we did. We and fucking nailed the three-legger. The three-legger. People want to hit you when you're down, but if, if look, if we give out tips majority of the time, you must get on, but you must get on responsibly and do it, do so yeah. through Palmerbet only. But, um, yeah, that was a nice little, nice little three-legger. Sometimes it's not all about the seven, eight, nine-leggers because it gets a little bit silly, doesn't it, at times? But meat and potatoes, you want to feed the family, just jump on the little hooda uh, fuck three-leggers and we're never going to let you down, mate. That was just absolute money for jam, to be honest. Mako Shark, I reckon the nine-leggers, there's a lot of luck involved. I mean, you know, it's fuck, nine legs, like in a two-horse two race type thing. It's very hard to get it, you know, not get an upset or not get the yeah. right one. And But the three, very I reckon hard. you can generally get three. I mean, you can pick a one that just displays a bit of value. And then yep. you can sort of just you just know you always knew Paddy the Batty was winning, right? You always knew that was happening. Yep. We yeah, we knew not to touch. We knew not to. Remember you said, oh, "What are your yeah. thoughts on the?" Oh, we don't touch that. No, we don't touch that one. Right? Dan Hooker was a bit nervous to, to touch. Yeah, 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 don't touch. And then Clegg, we thought, well, he's you know he's in four for a while, but you got to get on him. And then Aspinall, who's tell you what, we'll get on to him in a minute too. I reckon he's a. I don't want our man Ty Tuivasa getting near him for a little while. I reckon he's he looks mm. he looks very impressive. I reckon he's very he impressive. Does. He does look impressive, but I reckon scary he's with his quick. He's scary quick and like the way he moves. And I don't know. I reckon he's he's yeah, he's going to the moon. That bloke. Not to say our man isn't, but I, I think that's a nah. Whoever whoever fights him in the next three, four, five fights, that that's nasty. I reckon that's just my yeah. No, he's got potential, doesn't he, Tom Aspinall? Mm. But uh, look, let's go back. We'll just quickly touch on it. Your man, Paul Craig. The triangle yep. from the bottom there was just. He, it was almost like he on purpose. Eight shots in the ground and pound on purpose, just knowing that the other bloke would fall into his trap. And that's exactly what happened. He ate about fucking three or four shots straight to the bonds, but then wrapped him up, got the triangle, just fucking whatever he did, he just wrapped him up and just fucked him. It was, uh, he was having the living piss beaten out of him. And then man made a mistake and Claggy gave him the, the, uh, the submission. Yep. So don't, you don't, him. uh, 
Got to worry out. Got to watch out for that man. He's 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 dangerous from everywhere. It looks even when yeah, he's getting his he head really pummeled. So he had the Let's win. Move on. And then what else? Let's move on what to else? Meatball. Yes. I want to get to Meatball. Uh, Patty the Buddy's uh, teammate there. Meatball Molly McCann. She's a scouser as well. They're not. They're, they're not, not dating, built. are they? They are not dating. I don't think it's a, a romantic relationship. I think it's purely okay. platonic. It's just it's a beautiful just, uh, relationship, though, isn't it? Oh, just yeah, they're besties. Them. I love how they they love it. They're besties. It's great. I love that. It's a, it's a genuine bestie off. But <laughs> fucking hell, did she hit her hit the opponent? Who is she? Uh, Luana Carolina. Which a bit mm. out of her depth, I reckon, this poor love. But uh, it went into the third round. But, ooh, oh, the spinning fucking elbow from God fucking, I don't even know where that was from. That was from hell. She was yes. out. She was out for for minutes. I don't know if she's awake yet. There's never a good look when they're on their back. Their eyes are wide open and they're doing the big, big breath. I don't like that one bit, Mako Shark. Patty said, the... she sent him. She sent it to the shadow realm. The shadow realm. So uh, yeah, what about the, what about the nerd? Like, I mean, I, I've told you at times I, I I get over the prez, but geez, they just the nerd burgers and those watching alongs that all just cat like they actually make me sick. All of them, I, I just can't. The way they carry on, oh, where they get half of the blokes from to watch these Portnoy things. Why can't we Barstool, be over there watching? There's, there's a lot of hanger oners, but gee whiz, they've oh. jumped on the Paddy Paddy Pimblet train. They're, smart, they're the smart first, money the, though. Yeah, the first UFC sponsored Barstool athlete, and gee whiz, they've. Uh, They've picked a good one, I reckon. It's just, it's just money at this point. The Paddy, the Paddy. Are we on him or are we on him? Uh, I couldn't be more on him. Hmm. Look, That's another one we share. People... We're starting to share more fighters, by the yeah. way. I like it. We're, we're well, aligning for this cast. It's good. We've got to share we've got to have a, couple. a couple. of. We've got to have a couple of enemies to make the pot, the pot a little bit spicy from time to time. You don't want a, you don't want a bloody big lick fest, do you? No. Like sort of giving no. each other a lick about how good your opinion You've got to have some of the challenges at every now and then, but it's good to get on yeah. hype trains. I don't get on them very often, but this one is definitely, I love all his dance moves and that's great. Oh, it's yeah, fun. his little groin on. He's got a lot of groin, groin back so he was moves. he wasn't even the co-main, was he? He lit that joint up, third no. fight from the night. Look, he wasn't, but let's be honest, the uh, event was sort of built around him, I reckon, because he's, he's, yeah. he's massive. He's, he's box office. He really is. He's box office. He was up against a man, Kazula Vargas. He was kind of like a lamb to the slaughter. Although, to his credit, landed a little cheeky shot on Paddy early. I think Paddy yeah. the Bad, he's going to have to work on his uh, striking defense because he's eaten. He's eaten's not a word. I'm sorry about that. But uh, he's <laughs> eaten a couple in both of his fights to date. But uh, look, he's, he's uh, a lot of people think he's a striker because of his first fight when he knocked that bloke right out. But uh, he's not. He's more of a grappler. He's more of a wrestler. He's got a lot of this, got a lot of that. So he was more than happy to take it to the ground, and that's what happened. He, uh, it was good, wasn't it? It was a good performance, I reckon. He showed a lot Great on the performance. ground. He's, uh, he's already, uh, he's, he said, I'm not fighting a top 15 fighter until you yeah. give me more, more money. So that that's happy smart, that. though, right? That's the, uh, the Sugar Sean method. It's Look, it's smart, right? Because but you still beat the living suitcase out of people, so people want to watch you fight. You still make big, yep. big money, and then eventually they're forced to pay you. So I actually think it's a, I think it's quite a, well, a clever. He would have been put on like the uh, the entry contract, which I think they all get, no matter how much there's a bit of hype around you. He would have been on the entry contract. He's probably getting paid fucking peanuts. Probably getting twenty and twenty, twenty Ooh. to show, twenty to win. And like, yeah, when you're that big a man, you're filling stadiums. You've got to know your worth. There's no point jumping into the lion's den for twenty grand. You know what I mean? He knows. Yeah. Dana knows. They all know. So he'll be able to go to the contract table. I reckon probably today, tomorrow, and just say, listen, Dana. I reckon we can start working on a new contract because this is all going one way and it's up. 
And absolutely, it's up. So that that was big. And then the uh, the one we said, don't touch it from a punting oh. capacity, but touch it with your eyeballs because it was always going to deliver. Uh, you know, it was good to see Dana White today come out and support Dan Hooker. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I mentioned it on. I think it was the uh, the Malarkey episode. You know, do you get do you get support? And do you you know when you have a couple of losses, do you feel pressure? I think the the worst thing that could have happened was him be left in the limbo. And then rush and make a bad decision because I think if he loses again, he's, he, he potentially is in a bit of trouble. But now at least he knows they're not coming for him for the minute and he can just – because I, I think he's still a very talented fighter. I just think he's going through a slump like any athlete can go through. Uh, he had a tough COVID period, like I think I mentioned, with you know, he couldn't see his family. I just think he's uh, – yeah, he just needs to sit down and really work out what he wants to do, where what weight he wants to actually fight at and what he's – short to medium goals are because it feels like he's a little bit all over the shop taking fights almost as a company man trying to do the right thing by others or you know give give killer fights but sometimes you maybe just a few lemons suitcases or whatever the word is you know just get a few boys yeah. just a few bodies mate just win two three more fights and get your momentum back because all the fans want him back to his best maker well everyone loves dan hooker i think as you said dana white loves him everyone loves him because he's a fucking he's a workhorse He'll never yeah. say no. He's a fucking. He's a. He's a true. He's the true meaning of the word fighter. And yeah, he's going through mm. a slump. He got absolutely spifflicated here by Arnold Allen, the young man on a tear. We'll get to him Double in a, a sec. But look, Dan Hooker. He was. He had a. He's had a bad patch at one fifty five. So he's gone. All right, I'm going to change it up. I'm going down to one forty five. But Christ Almighty, at this point, did you see him on the scales, mate? He he does it. He's a professional. He does whatever he has to. He doesn't fucking, he's so professional. He shows up on weight no matter what it is, but he was fucking like, I reckon he was, I think it's too much for him at 145. To be honest, he's six foot. He shouldn't be getting down to 145. His body was absolutely shredded. Yeah. But I don't think it's healthy for him. I, I think we saw him in the cage. I, in, this is for mine. Who knows if it's true, but I just think he was depleted. I, he just did not have any spark. He didn't have any energy. He didn't. He didn't look to move at all. I don't know what was wrong with him, but he, he was a deer in the headlights, unfortunately. And he was just being sloppy. He was being reckless, and he got his head just continually punched. And I didn't like to see it because I like Dan Hooker. He's a he's a fucking beautiful man. And uh, yeah, I don't like I don't like watching it, Matty. Yeah, he. Uh, my theory about the scale, the day. Don't look at the. Don't look at the televised one. Look at the one if you if you want to pump with Palmer, but yeah. do so responsibly. Watch the weigh-ins, and if you see people that are sort of a bit uh, depleted or struggling, or you know, you can just tell. I reckon you, it's like when people go and watch the the horses or the dogs. You know, they go and look and look at them in the in the mounting yard. It's almost like that. It's a, it's, a, mm. it's a theory that that works, mate. You can you can almost pick it from. The man who looks more sprightly on the scales. Well, I think he absolutely... I just don't think he should be down there. I think it's bad for his body. And yeah, who knows? Maybe it's Arnold Allen. Maybe we're taking it away from him. Maybe he was just too good. But I, the way I saw Dan Hooker in the ring there was not the Dan Hooker that we love. He just got... He just had no answers and it was all over. And, and he got knocked out and it's not good. He's one and four in his last five. He's been smashed around at 155. So he's taken the chance to go to 145. And then he's been smashed around by Arnold Allen. It's amazing to think this is a man who went five rounds in one of the all-time fights against Dustin Poirier, and he went fucking toe-to-toe, swang, swanging and banging with Dustin Poirier at 155, but then comes down and gets absolutely stopped by Arnold Allen, a much smaller man, you would assume, with less power. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't, but yeah, MMA math, it just doesn't work, Matty. You shouldn't be able to go five rounds work. with Dustin Poirier and then get knocked on your ass in one round badly. 
by Arnold Allen. So maybe it was the weight cut. Maybe it just took too much ahead of him. It's the mounting yard theory, mate, I'm telling mm. you. Um, while so while, sh- while yeah. uh, you're on Arnold Allen, big double A, maybe tell the listeners a little bit about this man and maybe put some respect on his name going forward. Mate, he's, he's uh, the real deal, isn't he? He has proven it time and time again now. Big, big win streak. I think that's 10 in a row, maybe, something like yep. that. But uh, the biggest in the division, as far as I can tell. So he's called out Calvin Cater for his next fight, which is a big fight. I reckon that's the one to make. It's a nice little top five sort of setup. And then the winner of that can be uh, really, really, really staking a claim for a title shot whenever that opportunity comes up because... Yeah, there's not much out there, mate. That was just a, a terrific performance from a young man, an English man in front of his home crowd. Oh, oh, mate, nothing but respect. He looks the good. Not on him. Mm. I think I'm on him moving forward. So yeah, that might I'm going to get on him. He seems like a, uh, he beat a man we like, Dan Hooker, but that's okay. He looks like a ripping fella himself. I watched his post-fight sort of interviews. He seems like a nice little English lad. Doesn't have the persona of a putty, but uh, he's got that sort of uh, English humor about him as well so i'm on him and uh yeah i'm not on him if he fights volkanovsky let's be honest hope he gets destroyed no. but i think he's right there i think he's in the mix now one more win a calvin cater style win and yeah he's he's up for a title shot there's no doubt nice little uh summary of double a uh, let me head into the main event um and i sort of said last week i was pretty pretty confident in uh, in this fight yep. with that uh, i've seen that uh tommy aspinall's been having some boxing stuff with jippo and I tend mm-hmm. to think anyone Jippo touches just se- seems to turn to gold. He's just he's mentally the right kind of guy. We hope I'm wrong. We will talk about it, uh, the big Barry Hall fight a bit later in the episode. But uh, mm-hmm. I reckon he's uh, he's got the skills, this kid, and I reckon uh, the way he performed against, like you said, a bloke with a million fights and some big wins on his resume, um, I thought it was very impressive. What were your thoughts? Yeah, very impressive. Got the job done. I think uh, he's a step above Alexander Volkov now. Definitely has all the tools. He's uh, he's hard to read. He's a big, big man, but he's also very light on his feet. He's got a lot of skills that you don't see at heavyweight. So, look, he's called out fucking, yeah, Tui Vasa, as we said. But I think Tui Vasa is just that step ahead at the moment. He's got other fish to fry. Mm. So, he, we've, we've heard him potentially versus Stipe is in the works, maybe. But uh, I think Cyril Garn could be a nice little uh, opponent. For Tom Aspinall going forward, I yeah, I'd rather Tommy to stays away not? from Ty at the minute. Ty's on a yep. <clears throat> his own little let 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 them fight later. I, I don't want I don't yeah. want either man to be stopped. If you know what I mean, I'm excited for both. So let yep. them go on their separate paths, and maybe one day in a bigger fight they come together on a bigger stage. Um, Agreed. You know, so maybe I think, some yeah. gold on the line. So yeah, I'd like that. Cyril Garnbush would be quite good because. He, a couple he's of athletic like, sort of fellas. I was gonna, yes, yeah. he's got he's got a bit of that gun that sort of can can win in all manners. So it won't be mm-hmm. as annoying if he try, you know, if Garn tries to take him down. He goes, oh, fuck, the strikers yeah. on his back. We we either got a stoppage from Garn on top or five minutes to wait until he can at least get back on his feet because they never seem to get mm-hmm. back up. So yeah, I, I like that matchmaking from you, the Mako Shark matchmaking. I'm, I quite I, I think that'd be quite lovely. I think the Mako makes sense. <laughs> It, it, absolutely, you, you, you never, you, you don't often not make sense, mate. Maybe uh, one one to two times a year, but um, so what were your overall thoughts on the event? I, I was, I thought it was fantastic. I'm a bit jelly that were they, you know, a bit jealous that they're over there dancing on police cars. No, I know, and it uh, could be there's no could be us, you know. mate. We got to get a we got to get the fucking the world's it's coming back, Matty. I reckon Australia's coming back a bit, so. 
With a bit of luck, we could get one of these events out here by the end of the year, I reckon. So let's just cross the fingers, mate. And then, you, the and then your boys, boys get the your boys are, pass. Mate, we are. We're ready to strike while the iron's hot. So we really need the, the events to come come to the country, mate. We need it. We fucking need it. We do need it. Um, so fantastic. I, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that, uh, with that event. I'm happy with that, uh, little nice review from yourself. I thought, uh, I, I think there's some fighters there that'll be absolutely in some bigger and better things in the next, next events to come. So it's quite exciting for the fight fans. Everything coming out of that event, I reckon. It just mm-hmm. reminds us how mm-hmm. good the sport can be when everything's flying. I think. Yep. It's good. Yeah. You don't exciting. need to be watching just the pay per views. These fight nights, especially even in the prelim, we haven't got to the prelims because we're running out of time, but like, it's just you gotta watch all the fights, Matty. You gotta watch all the fights. You gotta watch the fight nights. Don't just stick to the big names because no. you just you might not know the names on paper, but fuck me, you're gonna see some excitement. And it's where you cut your teeth, Mako. Cut your teeth. You have to, mate. You gotta cut, cut your teeth somewhere. These people, you might not know them now, but I tell you what, in a year or two, they're gonna be the big names. So you want to be there, ground floor. I like it. Want to cut your teeth on non. UFC pay-per-view events, but you don't want to cut your teeth as a young kid in prep because I had a kid, I reckon I knew two kids that cut their teeth, smashed their teeth to smithereens in prep and then Oof. grew up with, with butchered mouths. I don't think you come back from it, you know. So anyway, no. that's just what I'm right. fucking going with. Cut your teeth on the fights, not on the not on the timber in the in the schoolyard. Or the bloody concrete on the curb. On the concrete. Hey, moving forward, we uh, we, we were at a boxing event, which we've summarised beautifully. Um, but there was another event, another boxing event on um, this weekend, Saturday night, which is rare, as we know, because they're normally on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was on? And there was a little bit of it. We won't go into it too much, but was, was there a little little, little fiasco-y type ending? Was it a little bit of there what's, was. what's going on? Little, we had uh, Billy. To steal it Billy from Gene, a little bit of controversy. A little bit of contra- little bit of confusion. But, confusion, uh, had, uh... sorry. Com- and I'm, I'm, a little bit, I'm still a little bit confused. I'm putting mate, bloody wrong confusing. words in wrong, you know, it's confusion everywhere, Gene. Yeah, everywhere, mate. We had uh, the Billy Dib fight the, uh, up against Jacob NG, the Flamingo, a real charismatic character. That fight was up in Queensland. Future we didn't get to watch it because uh, he's a potential future friend of the pod. Yes, absolutely he is. But mm. uh, look, I didn't get to watch it, Matty, because we were at the, uh, the Team Ellis event. But I heard a few little things, saw a couple of little clips, but there was a controversial ending. I've seen uh, the twenty seconder, the twenty seconder. Yeah, it was. He was sort of fighting dirty a little bit, from what I saw. Headbutting and clinching and headlocking. I think uh, the flamingo got a bit jack of it towards the end there, and uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but he sort of just sort of he just got sick of it and lifted him up, sort of. He was sort of in a headlock, but he, he grabbed him and he. I don't know how would you describe. It? He pulled him up and I dumped would describe him. it. A man. I think what was happening was. I've seen it, his explanation. There's always two sides to the story, but I'm just mm. going from what I've seen on the Flamingo side. He was saying, as you said, fighting a little bit dirty, pulling his head down, punching him in the back of the head, type, that sort of you know rabbit punches type thing. And then what yep. he did was just stood up out of the, the headlocky type thing. And by doing that, uh, Dib was obviously trying to do the headlock or hold the head down. The momentum mm-hmm. of him coming up has then swung him off in an awkward fashion. Um, yep. Wasn't the world's greatest landing, and then I think he's popped ribs bizarrely. That's the word on the street. Yeah, he got slammed down, fell down onto the canvas, and yeah, you all—I don't know—hit the deck. Ribs, rib injuries. Fight could not continue. So the flamingo got DQ'd. The fucking belt goes to Dib, and uh, yeah, we're belt actually goes to Dib. What we need here at this podcast, we just need a rematch, and then you know, then 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 they can do it again. Oh, that, that's all that needs to come out of it. 
Yeah, 100%. Fix the ribs up. If they really are broken or displaced, as has been claimed, let them heal. And then, yeah, straight into a rematch. There's no other opportunity there. It has to happen because uh, the Flamingo was winning that fight, I'm pretty certain. And, uh, yeah, I reckon he deserves his chance because, look, some people are calling him out, but other people are like, hang on a minute, Dib took a diet. It's all every, – it's both sides of the spectrum. It's best best not to say when we haven't seen it in, in its entirety exactly. from start to finish. So you don't want exactly. to make an ill-informed – uh, vocal piece about something that we haven't actually seen, but I just thought we have to bring it up because the tongues were wagging over the finish. Um, tongues are also wagging. I'm going off script here because we have to mention it. Friend of the pod, big, bad, bustling Barry Hall's mm-hmm. on uh, with Stan. First pay-per-view this this Wednesday, Mako Shark. It's this so, week. Today, as you're listening to this, on release day, Wednesday, 23rd release day. Stan Sport, our man, friend of the pod. You all know the story. You've all listened to it. Of course you have. It's big, bad, bustling Barry Hall. He's got the big grudge match against Sonny Bill Williams. It's finally here tonight. Sorry, and whatever you got to do, get on Stan Sport, pay for it. Don't stream it, you bastards, um, and watch it. No, I reckon our it. man, Barry, let's get around him. I saw him. I'm around him. On the weekend, doing some training with Volkanovski. Did you see that? He was fucking kicking the bag. Woo. I saw the big Barry kick. I liked it. Flat. He loves his MMA. He's going to come on. He's he going to come on and chat MMA with us. I can't wait for the big bad bustling MMA episode. Once Barry gets the win on Wednesday, yeah, we're going to invite him back on. We're going to talk about the win, and then we're going to talk about I reckon Volkanovski's win in a couple of weeks. We're going to get him on, and I'm I reckon we get him it. on to review the Volkanovski victory. Yeah. That, that's what that's what we're going to go with. That's that's I'm the gonna, perfect I'm thing. Gonna, uh, I'm going to send out a few little feelers. We're going to talk to his people, let them talk to our people. I reckon we'll get that put together. So look out for that. And while we're on boxing, I know it's more at the end of the, uh, but we were just on it, right? So we might as well just continue on that vein for the minute. We've got uh, a, a, a massive. No, it just keeps happening, doesn't it? We're just we're so we're so spoilt for choice and for bloody. Uh, inter- it's costing Fights. me a bloody. It's costing me a mint at the minute. There's pay per views bloody mm-hmm. coming at me, Jaxi. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What's on Sunday, Mako? And who's fighting? And wh- what do you think's going to happen? Timmy Zoo. Timmy Zoo making his uh, USA debut, and I'm excited. Wednesday. Timmy Zoo. Wednesday. That's Sunday. Debut. It's Sunday. Zoo UFC. Oh, I've lost it, mate. I'm going to go. I'm saying all the wrong things. Timmy Zoo fighting on Sunday. USA debut. Who's he fighting, Maddie? I can't pronounce the guy's name. <laughs> something Geisha? Yeah, something like that. Who even cares? We're talking about Timmy Zoo. Tell, mate. tell you who he's fighting. He's fighting another victim. That, that's all that's happening. Just another victim to the Zoo machine, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah Look, it's I on sh- Showtime I should, Boxing. I should have actually researched there. how to pronounce it, but you know, I just thought we're just going to pump up Zooey. He's in Minnesota, so it's going to be cold as the buggery. I would have thought. Um, so Terrell different conditions. Gausha, Gausha, yeah, that's it. Gausha, Gausha. I thought I'd leave my my cunning linguist to that yourself. This is big for Tim Zoo because there's a lot of hype. A lot of people over there, they all know and respect, obviously, Kostya Zoo. Yes. So when they see the name Zoo there, their ears prick up, their eyeballs uh, really get trained in. They know. They go, ooh, okay, the son of. So there's a bit of hype around him, even over in the States. So tell you yes, what, if you can put in a big performance, it's just fucking humongous for uh, it's to the, It's your classic to the moon fight, this. You win this. In, 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 if you come out and have a beautiful performance, you, you mm-hmm. don't worry. You, you're sort of almost, you, you're going to Vegas. You, you're going the big, the big yep. time. Um, You're staking your claim on a world stage then. So, yeah, it's big. It's a big bloody fight. Anyone, everyone should be watching this. Absolutely everyone should. I know I will be and the Mako Shark will be and the who the fuck listeners will be. Get around him. Show him some love on the socials too. 
uh, and show the boys some love while you're at it. Rate, review, and algorithm algorithm us up, please, Mako Show. Yes, please. Yes. Is yes, another please. Australian fighting? Uh, is it on that card, or is it? Is there something no, happening? Has there been an card. announcement? Separate, separate knob. Why separate? Why knob? separate knob? There was a separate knob for the volume. <laughs> Why separate knob? Um, yeah. A lot of people thought it was the snooze. I'll throw in the odd Seinfeld here and there. I'm being pretty good at it. I've been working at me. No, it was not the snooze, man. A lot of people think it was the snooze. <laughs> there was a separate knob for the radio alarm. Well, yeah, I won't Ooh. go on. I could do the whole script. That's silly. We'll get a podcast going just specifically for Seinfeld one day. Little, but, little, um, when this thing goes to the moon, we're a media. Is it conglomerate? Is that yeah, the it's word? A word. Yep. When we're that and we've just got all these other little podcasts underneath us, you know, we might get like a – Australian yeah. reality show. You can get some couple of couple of people that are experts in that field. Maybe get a mute. You know, when we get all these other things, we'll, we'll just do a quote episode. That's all the episode because we'll have that much support. We can do it. So that's it. That's another. That's a, that's a conversation for another day. But is, anyway, mate. back it's, to uh, the fucking initial question. What have what what have we got? Well, on Sunday we have a uh, another Australian, a female by the name of Ebony Bridges. You might all know her out there. She's quite infamous. She's uh, yes. an Australian boxer. She's the uh, what would you call her? She's the the lingerie sort of chick that that weighs in in the uh, the skimpy little numbers. Ah, yes, she gets a lot a little, of attention. Uh, she built a clever. niche, niche, clever, very mate, clever. very clever. She's built very herself clever. a little audience. Then oh, good, hey, head, mate, good head, on her, good head on her shoulders, uh, the the young lass, I reckon, because she knows yeah. how yeah how how to make money and how to get um, obviously uh, a network or a reach or whatever. And she goes out and performs well too. So she's fucking got it. She's sort of got Boom. it all, buddy. Yeah. She's got it dialed in in the modern world. She knows dialed all about in. social media and getting uh, going viral, all this sort of shit. So mm. she's uh, she's carved out a little niche. She's got a big, big following because of it, and she's uh, actually backing it up in the ring. So she's fighting over in Leeds in England for the IBF Bantamweight World title. So get around her. It's an Australian. We're on her. So look, Is that a Fox a Sports night. televised event, Mako? I think it's yeah. I saw Ben Damon put something up mm. today about what you can watch it on and when it is. I think it's the card starts at six a.m. because it's a, a an English card. But yeah, I think she's on there. I think it is on Foxtel. So yep. I reckon uh, she'll be somewhere early on in the middle of that card. So mate, she's an Aussie. She's fighting for a bloody world title. Maybe yep. one day we'll get her on as a friend of the pod, and hopefully she gets a win because uh, yeah, it can only do good things for her and the sport. Sports Ebony Bridges fine. on Sunday. Ebony Bridges jump on board. And if you're looking, good shout on Ben Damon, because if you are ever looking to find where and when to watch any sort of boxing, it doesn't have to be just Australia, any boxing in, in any country in the world, he will post days out and he gives you times, he gives you channels. Yep. He's, he's, yep. It's, you just got to go and show him some love. He's, you don't even need a bloody TV guide. You just go and look at Benny Damon. And uh, I've just seen as well a little shout. He's got a little, uh, a little sort of short uh, little chat series with, uh, with Fennec, the Lost Fennec Tapes. So make sure you support. That, yeah. um, make sure you support him in that little project, um, like he supported 100%. your boys on this podcast. So that's just we should, we like to share the love maker. Last week's friend of the pod, megastar Jeff Fennick, one of the all-time greats of the sport. Last week's guest. I'm sure you've all listened to that too. If you haven't, go back and download it now. But yeah, yes. Benny Damon and the uh, the Jeff Fennick lost files on Foxtel. I think it's a weekly thing coming up for the next few weeks where they go back through the tapes and sit down with Jeff, and he sort of just. Uh, Sort of narrates it all. I think it's a fantastic. It was on last night. It was bloody, bloody good, bloody, bloody good. good. They're a great, they're a great team. I mentioned it to Jeff on the interview. I love the way because Ben's very 
<clears throat> he says all the things you need to say as the host of the show, and Jeff just gets the full. Fennec gets the. You can say whatever he wants, and it's quite good because you got one guy yep. towing the company line and another man with a free pass. I think it's a perfect, it's a perfect match made for for the for the fans. Um, very good system. Geez, we've, geez, this has been a big episode. I'll tell you, when people think you can't pack more into one, we 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 just say you can. You can pack more in, and we're packing it in. And there's still a little a little thing or two to talk about. There's another. Fuck, there's another thing on Sunday, Mako Shark. What else is there this time? Well, we've got a couple things actually. I want to. Uh, I just want to get to the uh, the big fight on one fight championship, one FC. There's a there's a there's a bizarro world fight going on this week, Maddie. Yep. Yes. It's a mixed rules fight, which is not something that we've seen, I don't know, ever, to be honest, at, in a big stage. But uh, one of the all-time greats, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, we all know him yes. from his uh, days in the UFC taking the piss, one of the all-time greats. He's going yes. up against a Taiwan, uh, not a Taiwan, he's a Thailand fella called Rod Tang. If you don't know Rod Tang out there, everyone, I uh, highly suggest you go YouTube some Rod Tang highlights because this bloke is an absolute... Fucking, I was gonna say menace. He's a weapon, this bloke. I'm a tangy boy. We all know the Thai, the Muay sort of savages they have over there, and just the killers that come out of that country. This bloke's one of the all-time greats. He will kick the living piss through most people on the planet. <laughs> and he's up against Mighty Mouse, who's one of the great MMA practitioners ever in a in a mixed rules fight, Maddie. So round one is going to be a Muay fight. Okay, yes. so they're going to be gotcha. Muay rules. Keep, yep, 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 yep. Round two is going to be MMA rules. If it gets there. Round, if it gets there, yes, exactly. Round three then will be back to Mutai, and then round four will finish off in MMA again. So basically, it's one man's strength versus another man's weakness. And, uh, yeah, I think the first like round it. is either going to be – it's going to be fantastic. It's fascinating to think about, mate, because obviously Mighty Mouse is just a fucking – He's, he's a legend. He'll take you down. He'll fucking do what he wants with you. But in, in Muay Thai rules, you got to stand there and you got to trade. And this bloke, Rod Tang, is a, he's a freak. I'm telling you, he's a freak. I want you to go out and watch his highlights. He could literally end this fight in the first round. It's, it's a matter of will this fight end in the round one or will Mighty Mouse be able to take him down in the second and submit him? Because he's what's could, eat, could eat a knee coming into that takedown too, though. 100%. But in the first round, he can't even do the takedown. So he has to stand there and fucking trade with him. So I'm a bit scared. Anything could possibly <laughs> I th- happen. So I think this either... is weighted heavily on the tangerine. I think he's uh, the Rod Tang. I reckon the tangerine, yeah, the he's, he's, he's definitely the tangy boy. He's got the um, – I'm on him, by the way. Just putting that out there. I think I've said it oh, three okay. times and I'm that excited about him. Yeah. Um, look, I reckon he's obviously got the purse or something because they've got <laughs> – I don't think anyone thinks it's getting out of the first. If they're allowing well, a man – Well, I think it's because with... if it was the other way around – these mood type bikes, they have no takedown defense. So really, yeah, gotcha. it would be way too heavily uh, weighted to Mighty Mouse. So mm-hmm. they've had to sort of maybe do the mood type first. But even then, it's still now heavily, heavily weighted to Rod Tang. He's going to be throwing leg kicks from hell. Uh, I'm looking. I'm actually fascinated by it. So it'll be entertaining no matter what so happens. So just to, just to summarize Sunday, you've got you got Rod Tang, you've got Rod Tang, the Blonde Bomber, you've got Timmy Zoo. And there's one more thing. We've got UFC. We've got another UFC fight night coming up, mate. Correct. That, that's where I was leading you down the path to that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it doesn't stop, mate. There's just another fight night. It just doesn't end. We've got this one not as exciting, to be honest. So we don't have to really talk too much about it because we've got no, we just need to. We just need to tell the, uh, the listeners what's actually there's occurring. There's at least uh, one fight that I'm looking forward to, and that's uh, Askar, Askarov versus our man, Kaikara France. 
Kai Carr of France, I'm a big fan of, and we're a big fan of, and hopefully he's a big fan of us and will become a big friend of the pod, Mako Shark. Um, yeah, he's on I a bit of a tear, um, mate. He is. He is. Do you see any Do you see any realm that his tear continues? Oh, sorry, um, stops, or does mm. it just, just, does oh, he just get this? I think there's a chance it stops. I think Askar, Askarov, he's the number two ranked mm. man in the flyweight division. He is a serious, serious threat. So... This fight's 50-50 for mine. Kaikara is looking good. Uh, I, I don't want to pick it, but uh, I think the winner of this is locked in for the next title shot after uh, bloody Figueredo and Moreno go around for the ninth time. Yeah, when they go around when the, yeah, for the 57th time, that'll um, they'll eventually yeah. get a go, will they? Is that what you're telling me? I think so. This is definitely, I would say, the number one contender fight. Yes. And there's a big boys. There's a big boys. There's a... Uh, big boys headlining. Yeah, which, you know, the the hype, the, this Daukas... Chris Dorcas, you know, and we, mm. we mentioned. You, you, I think he gets put into another. I think he gets put into another realm by uh, Curtis Blades personally, but I don't know how you see it. And there's not really much else on there that warrants too much of a. Um, yeah, no, there's nothing really there. No, that's, that's not the most. Uh, you got Neil Magny fighting down there, which is surprisingly low down on the card for a man of. Neil he's still fighting. Strength, I didn't but... realize he was fighting. Is that Alexander Olenek? Olenek's still out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still going around. He must he's be had up there in age. nearly sixty wins. He's had fifty nine wins, sixteen losses, one no, one draw or no contest. So he's had what's that fucking? Hell. That's seventy seven fights, yep. MMA fights. Brutal. That's fucking bizarre. He's had three times the fights than we've had episodes. <laughs> well, when we get to his age, I reckon we'll have had more more episodes. To be honest, <laughs> we will. But it's just it's uh, yeah he. Uh, anyway, it's a lovely event. We we, we yeah. let's just let's just we got you want to put Kaikara in a pot in a little palmer bet. Make a show. What's what's your bet? What's your bet of the week? You got you got to give it. Mm, bet of the week, eh? Bet of the week. Yeah, look, I was going to get on Timmy Zoo, but gee whiz, his odds, his odds are short. Palmer bet. Why don't you bundle 15. up a few? Do a little Aussie pride, Aussie pr- pride of Australia. Get on the the bomber and yeah, right. Timmy Zoo I'll to try both and... stop their opponents. Give us that. I'll try and uh, bundle up a few if you just bear do a with bundle me. Bundle up. I'll bear with you. Do uh, a little bloody bundle up. Can you do Timmy Zoo into UFC? You can, can't you? Of course you can. Maybe do it off air and post it on the story for the listeners. Mm, you probably should. This is probably crap uh, crap podcasting. That's no, okay. I'm going to do whatever the I'm hell we put, want. Uh, uh, I'm going to put Neil Magny in there. Slide him in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put uh, our man. Kakara France, he's a rank outsider, actually. It's scary. It's value. It's value for the multi-boys. What do you mean? And There's always one Curtis... value bet. Yeah, we're going to put Curtis Blades in. So it's a little four-legger here for the boys. Let me just go combine. Yep, $7.20. That's Perfect. a nice little stake. We're going Curtis Blades into Kakara France, into Neil Magny, into Tim Zhu to get the job done on the UFC. Why do I keep saying that? USA. It's uh, I'm so used to saying UFC on the podcast, Matty. I wanted to say USA debut, so that's where yes. I got there in the end. So USA. I'm looking forward to that. USA. You'll be right. So four-legger, paying $7.19 on Palmer Bet. Gamble responsibly when you put that multi on, please. Absolutely. What else should you do responsibly? Because I'm I'm basically uh, I'm done for this episode. You're done. You're tapping out, are you? Yeah, I just think that's been a solid episode. What, I think comedians should get out on uh, on a high, yeah. and we've, we've peaked. I think that's it's been a perfect episode, really. It's been picture perfect, to be honest. And uh, look, everyone out there, thank you again for uh, Dean Lonigan coming on. That was a nice chat. Uh, Great chat, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
Got Thanks big to fight everybody coming up on. Can you can you tell the listeners, Maker? Because they don't seem to listen to me as much. Give can you give the rate review and algorithm vibe, and then you know yep. thank the team Alice guys, and then take us out. Yes, I'll do that for you. Thank you, Team Ellis, guys. You're all great. Thanks, LT. You're one of the great men. We love you every week. Try and pump you up. Mm. Uh, What was the other thing you want me to do? Oh, yeah. Uh, Like, review, subscribe. Fucking, what's the other one? Review, rate, subscribe, like, five stars. Give us a tug. Give us a little bit of this. Give us a bit of that. Put some oil on us. Bloody Rookie and gamble responsibly. And listen responsibly, Marco. 100%, you gotta do that too. Bye for now, everybody. Who the fuck is that guy?